Hey guys, and welcome back to the South Texas Football Unlimited High School Football Show, the Coastal Bend's first podcast slash webcast. Uh, it's been a pretty eventful week. Seems like it's been a while, right? We recorded on Sunday. Oh man, Justin's gone, so I guess I'm gonna have to wing this for a little bit. So Justin got some new equipment today, and uh, he's flying by the seat of his pants. It just came in the box right before we went to air, and uh, He's still trying to figure everything out. So it's been a while, right? It, I think we recorded on the on a Sunday because we were hitting nights. Um, so we kind of got everything early and and missed everything that kind of happened during the week. Uh, so our plan for this week's show is we're going to uh, we're going to rehash a couple of games from last week. Um, talk about some surprises that happened last week, and then uh, we're going to try to introduce some highlights that we got this week. We solicited you guys for highlights uh, last week, last weekend. We got a few. So thank you guys for for sending your stuff in. Um, our whole point is just to highlight you guys. So again, thanks for sending that stuff in. And uh, we'll look ahead at next week. And we got a couple of good games on the docket for next week. Um, not really big ones as far as big schools, but some of these smaller schools and some of these schools that we may see in the playoffs in some of the areas. And we'll talk about some of the schools in the Valley that uh, turned some heads this weekend that we will be seeing in, in district play. Justin, are you back yet? No, he's not back yet. Just take all your stuff off, dude. And uh, go back gorilla style and uh, go with your microphone and stuff. Um, It's been a pretty interesting week. I'm just going to fill time right now until this guy comes in. Uh, so at uh, at work. <laughs> okay. He wants me to restart. So we're going to have to go through this all over again. We're not going to restart. Just log off and log back in. We'll let you back in. We'll figure it out. Hang on. I got to text this guy because he cannot hear me at all, I guess. Okay, there he goes. Yes, yes, uh, Ponch. He's very serious right now. He just got his stuff. I'm telling you guys, he just got his stuff, and he's all like a kid at Christmas. He wants to get it to work. Doesn't have the instructions, and uh, it's not working. Are you okay? Can you uh, yeah, no, we're good. I okay, get a setting in there. I don't know what happened. We'll try it for next week. Who cares? Okay, that's what I told you. Okay, so he's back, right? So I was about to get into the uh, the toilet situation at work just to buy time. I'm like trying to dance around like a clown right now, trying to figure everything out. Uh, <laughs> anyways, like I was saying, we'll, we'll talk about what happened last week, our game of the week. And, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> all cross-eyed. Yeah. Yeah. Bomb. That's, that's it. He's, he's, <laughs> oh man, we're getting into the comments early. Um, man, Spud, we were, so we were at separate games last week. Um, I went to uh GP Cal Island or I'm sorry, flower bluff Cal Island, which was, which was our game of the week. And, uh, Spud went to, um, gp victoria east east right yeah east Victoria east and uh i also went to odom at mathis on thursday as you guys know i'm a i'm an odomite and uh man if you guys watch that on the cw or on real sports live or 364 sports that was probably one of the better games on the weekend as far as excitement wise went uh it was kind of pretty pretty slow in the first half and it just kind of the floodgates as far as scoring opened up in the second half and then you had a big miscue at the end of that one Right, and Mathis got away with that one, 28-22. Uh, Odom starts 0-3 for the first time since 2018. That was Coach Wetheth's first year, and it's kind of the same team. He inherited a young team that year, and he's inherit he's kind of rebuilding this year with a young team this year, still trying to figure out to win how to win. Uh, so that was a heartbreaker for the home fans. Um, Ethan Yubata from uh, from Mathis, the guy's a stud, man. He's number one, and uh, he's a load to bring down. And then they've got a well, he a went for 
he went for 234 yards on 23 carries. I think he had, what, three touchdowns, right? He did. He had all their touchdowns. Actually, he had three of the four. The other one was Xavier uh, Veliz, who's a defensive end slash converted fullback. The kid's a – he looks like juggernaut. If you ever watched X-Men, that's what he looks like in his pads and his helmet. I mean, the guy – you can't bring the guy down. I just started calling him Flash and Thunder uh, because that's what it looked like, man. And But, yeah, Ethan had the had a, had the majority of the carries and the majority of the yards. And, uh, man, he's, he's as good as advertised. So the Pirates, they're in a tough district up north, right? They're up there with Industrial, Edna – um, Palacios, Palacios, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. uh, it, it's a tough district. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how Mathis progresses in that district. And uh, I think London's in that district now too, who's kind of struggling and trying to find their way uh, yeah, with, a, with a one and two record. Yeah. They, they lost another, they lost a close one to Orange Grove 20 to 18. Um, so we'll, the Bulldogs bounce back. Right. Yeah. The other big game of the weekend, which was, uh, had a rowdy ending was uh Ingleside, Rockport, Fulton, right? So Ingleside's down early and they score 21 points straight in the second, in the first half to take a three point lead going into halftime and then get outscored by the Pirates in the second half, 14 to seven. Uh, we talked to Luke. You guys know we're, we're friends with uh, Coach Seibert's uh, brother. We work with him. So Luke always has a lot to say. What did you hear from Luke, Justin? Man, it just it's just been kind of the, the same the same run, right? As the defense has been kind of uh, suspect to give up some points and yards and and whatnot, but they came up with some big stops. And I, I went and looked at stats on it. Uh, they outscored Ingleside fourteen to seven in the fourth, and that seven from Ingleside came in like the last like minute or so when they were in a two minute hurry up. I think they were already down at that point uh, by like twelve or thirteen points, and then uh, you know. Big win for Rockport. Uh, I read the article on Jay. He said uh, that was a huge win for that locker room. So they go to one and two, right? Ingleside two and one. I still think it's a very good Ingleside team. Uh, that's so to me. That's a good win for Rockport. Uh, a Cyber two TDs, eighty three yards in the air, and then Del- Devin Phillips. He was the other big player for them. He had like one hundred six yards on the ground, or all purpose yards, and then three touchdowns as well. So that's a that was a much needed win for the Pirates. They also had a punt return in that one. So, so the the Pirates' offensive yardage they really didn't have a lot of yards, um, a lot of short fields, um, is what is what I got from it. And uh, I think they had a punt return for a touchdown and maybe a long kick return or vice versa. It's either a, a kick return for a touchdown or a punt return that was very close for a touchdown. So, so they got in that way. Uh, so the Pirates they get their first win, and and you know that one proved me wrong. I thought Ingleside was going to run away with that one just with the way they had been beating people. So, so is is Rockport just starting to find their way? Is it, I mean, what is it? You know, just like our title says, right? We think we're still, I'm still lost. I don't, I don't know who's good right now and who's not. I think so. I think, uh, you know, you, you look at Rockport's schedule so far, you lost to Miller, who right now arguably is the best team in the Coastal Bend. Yeah. Um, 35 14, I believe, in that game. Obviously, it was pretty, yeah. it seemed pretty lopsided throughout the whole game, but, but still, you know, they played play probably the best team in the Coastal Bend right now, at least the hottest team. Uh, they came out and played Sinton, which that's been a rivalry the last couple of years. Um, and Sinton's got a really stingy defense this year. So yep. if there, there's one bright spot for me, it's Sinton's defense, right? So they had a hard time moving the ball there. And then, of course, it seemed like the defense from uh, Rockport's still trying to find their identity as well. And they, they kind of get a lot of pop yards to Sinton. And uh, if you if you talk to Luke and people that were at that game, it just seemed like Rockport was almost giving them way too much cushion and, and let Sinton work with a lot of stuff. So – uh, I, I think Rockport's going to be just fine, honestly, moving forward in the season. I think they got a favorable district. I think they have a favorable matchup this week, which we'll get to. And then, you know, uh, obviously getting a big win over Ingleside, who, who to me, 
to me, is one of the more improved teams in the Coastal Bend. They're starting to do more than just run the ball. They're putting it in the air. So I, I think this is a good win for Rockport. Uh, I, I don't think this is a horrible loss for Ingleside. So I think both teams moving forward, it's going to be it's going to be good. And I, I think Rockport is starting to find a little bit of a groove, get that offense going and whatnot. They have a lot of kids that this year are kind of stepping up and first-time players, you know, on varsity level. So they graduated pretty heavy last year, I think. So uh, positive moves for the Pirates. Yeah, I, I think so. But – Again, you brought up some valid points, and we've always said it, right? Jay likes to likes to score hard, likes to schedule hard, right? Michael E. Ingleside played weaker opponents the first two. I can't read that. Um, first two, the first two weeks. First record. two weeks, record was deceiving, and, and it could be, but I mean, they put up forty plus points each game, right? And sure, and uh, you know, Mathis, Matt, jury's still out, right? Because Odom, Odom put on a pretty good performance. You know, they're able to score. They played to it. I mean, they had defense held in the first half, and it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll see, I guess, right? We'll see as things go forward. You definitely um, see it. So another, another uh, little eye catcher here, uh, Ranzas Pass and Skidmore Tynan. Ranzas Pass got their first win since October 16, 2020. Uh, it's pretty wild. Huge. huge. Pretty wild, right? And I didn't, uh, I didn't see AP winning that game, to be honest with you, going into the weekend. Of course, we haven't really been making picks and whatnot this year. Uh, which I'm going to start getting into. I think uh, it just seems a little gives a little more edge, right? But no, I didn't see AP winning this game. I think that was obviously it's beneficial for that program to get the kids motivated to keep keep coming out for football, right, and stay yep. active in the program. But uh, hey, Georgia Costa though, you, you, we got to touch on him, right? He was the caller yep. times player of the week last week. Comes in this week and gets 30 carries and he makes 303 yards with it. So uh, Georgia Costa is the, the the seems to be the the man over there in AP right now. Yeah, he has a school record, 303 yards and six touchdowns. That's, I, oh, I didn't see the TD part. Yeah, and I think four were greater than 45 yards, 40, 45 yards. So guy was a workhorse, man. So maybe that's the spark that they needed, right? You get that first win and you start moving forward, right? For sure. So, and and again, I mean, they're in a tough district as well. I think they're in that uh, – don't make me lie to you. Don't make <laughs> me lie to you. Are they in that district up north as well? <sighs> Rancis Pass? Oh man, I have my paperwork somewhere with them in it, but I'd have to I'd have to track that down. I want to somebody help us out. We'll leave that. We had technical difficulties so far with the show, but okay, I guess why you're rolling right now? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. No, right? It's us, right? That's us. Typical man. We we're on time, and then here we go. So no, just just a quick quick note on that game with uh, Skidmore. Though I was just jotting down some notes earlier, and uh, Sunny Man was 11 of 21, 225 yards passing. So that's a little bright spot right there for the Bobcats. And then, um, you know, I think, you know, Skidmore's got a lot to to look forward to throughout the year. They've always had in past years, you know, pretty good programs, but they're, they're in a pretty tight, 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 tight district with, you know, the Refurios and the Shiners and Ganado who's having a good year right now. So that's just something we ought to, you know, kind of keep an eye on for them as they move forward. I think if you're being honest here, you're looking at trying to find a, find a groove and get that fourth spot in that district, which is going to be extremely tough. Yep. So Aransas Pass is in that north district with Edna, Goliad, London, Mathis, Palacios, and Vanderbilt. That's another so, very – that's a very competitive district. That's a tough district, right? So it's no. going to take a lot for for uh, for Aransas Pass to try to break that playoffs. But, you know, a little bit at a time, right? You chip away. You chip away. Who's got the best looking O line in our area so far this season? Who do you think, Justin? That's tough. Uh, that's tough because I haven't really been out. I've only seen GP Cal Allen live. I've seen uh, I saw Rockport live. I've seen who else do I see live. 
I don't know. Beyond honestly, honestly, what when we talked about today, what, what, what you want to throw that out there since someone brought up O line, what we're what we're talking about doing. Oh well, you know, we've we've got a little idea, right? We're just trying to get gimmicky, I guess, right? We're just trying to do something. So we want to start giving out an offensive line award as a group, right? See who the best offensive line performer was for the week. Uh, we're still trying to figure out the criteria for that, right? I mean, we're we're, we're just kind of working it. But there's a uh, there's one thing, uh, there's one thing I want to show y'all that that's gonna that would give you a leg up if uh, if you guys pull it off. I gotta find it. Yeah, the guys from Marion, and they're not even south. They're they're on the very fringe of of uh, of South Texas, right? And that's that's Marion, the Bulldogs. Um, those guys. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, I'm digging, I'm digging, but they, they've actually got some very impressive numbers as a, uh, as an offensive line group. Um, uh, but they broke it down. They, they were in the state lineman lineman challenge and, and competed there. I don't know how they finished. I don't remember, but, uh, here we go. Where are we? Where are we? Here we go. Coach Hill. I'm going to share a screen here with you guys for a little bit. Let me pull this up. tab there we go i'm gonna pull this up real quick if you guys can still hear so he's i uh, asked for some more information on on life because if you're uh marion because if you guys remember we want to do a video with the offensive lineman the big uglies don't get a lot of love right no. so we, figure we want to give some info on these guys so we want to try to do something a little different so this right here this will get you a leg up all right i want to see some action like this right let's see you guys these got tacos man you gotta love it those are some skinny bigs. <laughs> they are, but are if, uh, if look at that, they can put it down though. For sure. Um, uh, pancake would be cool. Yeah, demolishing thirty pounds of fish qualify for back-to-back -back state lineman challenges. This unit's family, no doubt, absolutely worth, absolutely video worthy. In my opinion, just they hate RPOs. It's run first in their minds. Love it. So you get us some action like that, man. You got yeah. There's a pancake trophy. That'd well, they've they've got one already, Sid. I think did I show that? Did you see that, Justin? No, I did not. Okay, I'll pull it up again real quick. So let me share screen again real quick. Where'd you say this new studio is fucking sweet? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there two, it is, man. Two for two. Yeah, you can't beat that, right? Is that I mean, I, I guess. We oh, it's pancakes with syrup on it. Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, Chance Vernon, GP, stand up, right? You would know more about that. All right, so let's uh let's jump into uh, our game of the week last week, Callum Flower Bluff. So I was at that game, and uh, you know, in the first half, Flower Bluff's defense came to play. Uh, they were holding Epi and Epi and company and in, in check pretty well, but the breakout performer in that first half was that in that game was uh was the quarterback. Burnett. Um, he, yeah, Bryce Burnett, number five. If you guys haven't seen him, he, he's he's quick. He's got a nice pass for a, a running team first. Um, they did very well. He opened it up in the first half, threw a touchdown pass, ran for one, actually just threw the touchdown pass. And uh, a couple of field goals. They got a big boy back there kicking field goals, number 64. I've seen him. Um, yeah. And, uh, man, it was kind of kind of nerve-wracking there for a little bit watching those guys. But, uh, man, they got it done. And in the second half, the uh, I think I think they were just tired, man. You know, Cal Allen did their Cal Allen thing. They came out, made their adjustments, and uh, man, they just wore them out. They wore them out. Epi finally broke loose, and uh, he finished, I think, with 172 yards. Bryce finished with about 126 in the air, I think, and yeah. uh, two touchdowns. Well, they had 500 uh, total offense. 
in that game. 500 yards of total offense. Yes, they did have 500 yards of total offense. I wrote that down somewhere. Which I penciled uh, in. So when I was looking at today, I penciled in, right? They had uh, – they gave up two – so they, they put up 500, gave up 202 yards, right? 65 was on the ground from the bluff. So if you follow the bluff the last couple of years, they've they've had, you know, some really talented running backs come through lately. And if you watch their offense, man, they benefit – they benefit – really greatly on on the run right it opens a lot of their passing game up for them so it, it seemed like Cal Allen and Cal Allen did the same thing to Portland when they played when I watched them live they just they stifled that run enough to where it made them uncomfortable and they got kind of pass heavy and then they kind of started uh you know dropping coverage on them and mixing it up and when, and when you got a lot of young kids like the bluff does on offense right now I mean it gets it gets confusing and uh and, and that's I think that's what's got flower bluff right now is that they're so young you know uh Jaden Paseo, the quarterback, and and Cameron Dixon, who's the brother of, of Johnny Dixon, who's at Virginia Tech right now, and I guess he's starting. He got a he got an award up there this week. The Hokies. Yeah, so I mean, he comes from an athletic family. He's very good. His mom's his mom's in the Navy. If you guys hadn't seen that story from the Caller Times last year when when Johnny was making the rounds, um, so she's gone a lot. So uh, he's had to grow up pretty fast, and uh, man, he's he's blossoming into something great against Bernie in Week One. I think he had an interception return for a touchdown. Um, so he's a heck of an athlete, just very raw. Uh, we posted a video of him last week where he made just an excellent catch over a defender. And I think I have it on Twitter. Um, keep going with your thoughts, uh, Justin, I'm going to keep, see if I can find it. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot more you can, you can talk about in that game, but, um, you are right. Flower Bluff is very inexperienced right now. And, and, and there were, I think they're working through some some growing pains in, in that realm, you know, but they have, they have a couple of good kids coming back. Uh, I can't, for the life of me, I cannot think of his name. He's offensive lineman. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, oh gosh. I want to say it's something. It's Dylan, right? Man. You know, he, he, he's actually being recruited by some D ones. He uh, was kind of the leftover after Dickinson moved on, but he, he comes back with experience on the O-line. So I, th- I think as the season goes forward, again, Bluff's got a favorable district as well. They're going to improve. Coach Steinbrunk and his group always seems to get those kids going, and they start rolling towards the end of the year. So I still think that GP matchup for probably more likely district will be a pretty good little uh, square off. Yeah, so there's a question on here. I know it's kind of jumping out of the reins a little bit, but yeah, I, I think Flower Bluff will be okay as as they move on, just because they're getting young and they're going to get used to playing together, and they'll get better as the weeks go on. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't think they'll have any problems. Cal Allen just played played very well. I think that was their their most complete game so far of the season. You it's know, against GP, they, they they really couldn't do a lot against GP. They didn't have. Very, I think it was maybe 200 and something yards of offense that game. I think I think um, what goes on uh, over what I don't even maybe not go overlooked honestly. GP's got a really good defense this year, and, and they've done a really good job of containing some of these offenses. So, uh, yeah, you know, and that is game one, right? But Cal Allen's defense, I think, if you know, we'll talk on that more when we get to the Quero matchup this week. But that's the to me the bright spot for Cal Allen is that is how well that defense is, or how good that defense is, and then obviously Coach Campbell, he's coached the defense there for the last thirty plus years, so you know. Right off the bat, the pedigree there is going to be defense first and offense. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, you kind of mentioned it already. Actually, let's let's. Uh, is that you? Who's making that beeping sound? I don't know. It sounds I'm like somebody's right. at the. Sounds like somebody's at the door, but they're not showing up here yet. Um, we got a special guest coming on in a little bit. If you guys hadn't seen the tweet, just to kind of talk about some 
Central South Texas football here in a little bit when we get to our next week stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to let some of these comments get away. Uh, ben Galvan, Ben Christina Galvan, do you think Banchetti might, in quotes, be a sleeper team in 3A? You know, that's that's kind of tough to tell. You know, Banchetti's had a uh, – they're 3-0, and uh, they're actually playing – Three three rivers this week. The battle of three and O teams, and somebody's going to leave with a with a loss. Three rivers playing very excellent, excellent football right now. They're three but, and well, correct? Yeah, they are three and well. They've got a, a quarterback who's who's very stout back there. We heard nothing but good things, Sammy. Um, we needed a little more than he's a good kid. We need a little more than that. We were hoping for a little more. So, uh, you know, some of these teams, they, they don't get a whole lot of write-ups and there's not a whole lot of newspapers up there. So we couldn't really find a whole lot of information on, on three rivers. So you three rivers guys, send us some stuff, Sammy you're slacking. Uh, but yeah, so they beat Freer 22 to 12 week one SGA 36, zero and Premont 30, 21. I think Premont was finally the first challenge that they've had. Um, so it's tough to tell. Um, whether they're going to be a sleeper or not. It, it isn't the strongest preseason schedule. Um, they've got three rivers, and they jumped them on the Alto right after. And then Hebronville, who's having a very down year this year. You know, talking to some of those guys from Hebronville, they think this may break the streak of consecutive playoff appearances down there. And then uh, then they played George West, who, uh, who's who been up and down, right? They're, they won in nine last year, and, and they're one and two right now. And then they get into the meat of the schedule and – Late October, Odom Taft and, and Santa Rosa. And don't be surprised if Santa Rosa's improved this year. You know, I think Joe, uh, they've got the old Ed Couch Elsa head coach there. That's that's there in Santa Rosa now and uh, very strong run run minded coach. So we'll see how that turns out, how they turned out this year. So Banchetti right now, I, I don't think they're going to be a sleeper yet. Um, I, I need to see a little more from them before I, I say that. Quite the sleeper. Yeah. Caden uh, Solis, thank you. Uh, Billy or Brian, whoever's running the Sports Network page today. Thank you. Yeah, Caden Solis. They actually did a story on him on Channel 6 today. Uh, they're spotlighting that game. Uh, I don't think it's a Thursday night game, but um, that should be a good one. So if you're able, if you're not, you don't have anything to do, you don't have any games to go to, go check that one out. That should be a good one. You can see if they're for real or not. Um, but kind of let's let's not wait to talk about that last one. Let's go ahead and jump into Quero, Cal Allen right now. You know, that's kind of on the tip of the tongue. And uh you know that that's a game that everybody in the state is talking about right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the matchups of uh, both number four ranked teams in 4AD1, uh, Cal Allen, and then 4AD2, uh, Cuero. So I've seen I, – I, I was able to watch the Cuero and El Campo game, and, you know, right off the bat, first thing I come to think of is, is defense from Cuero this year. They've had stifling defense uh, just like Cal Allen. But, I, I, you know, the thing for me is Cuero also has a lot of uh, speed – and athleticism out there on, on the on the outside of the, the field, right? So that's something they're going to tend to lean to. So if you if you look at Cuero, right, uh, they have Winslow, El Campo, Navarro, and then Yocum. Average points per game Cuero's putting up right now is 55. Defensively, they're allowing 11 points per game. You jump to the Cal Allen side of the ball, you got 34 points per game they're putting up, and they're allowing about eight points per game. So just based off the eye test, right, and what I've seen, I'm probably going to be a hater, but I have to lean. I'm going to lean with Quero, right? This is a team coming off of a very deep run last year. They were a game away from state. I believe they ended up winning, they losing to the eventual state champs that uh, last year as well. Um, and they bring a lot of those guys back, right? So they're outfitting a new quarterback. They still have some key pieces at running back, and they're, they're bringing in some guys that replaced uh, LeBron Johnson and a couple of, and another kid that went to AM Kingsville. In the offseason, but 
you know, Sean Burks, I've interacted with Sean since probably the end of the last year. He reached out to me to put out some of his, uh, just the highlights last year. He, I think he ended up making all state as a junior. And then he, he seemed like he put about 15 pounds of solid muscle on this, this, uh, summer. And he was one of the, the key pieces in stopping slower, slowing down Ruben Owens week one in El Campo and just kind of, kind of coming out and saying, Hey, Cuero's legit this year again. And, and that's kind of what started this noise, right. Of Cuero. Cause they've, they've been, they've been the talk the last three weeks, right. Before you look yeah. at, you just look at the, I mean, 55 points a game allowing 11 against some notable teams, you know, Navarro, yeah. El Campo and Yoakum. They're, they're usually perennial, perennial powerhouses in their area and in the region. So that is impressive to me. On the other hand, Cal Allen's also starting to seem seems like they're starting to finally get finally kind of catch that offensive groove. So, I, you know, you, you, my opinion on the game is I'm going to take Cuero uh, in a very defensive contest. I think uh, it, it, they have just enough to get the job done uh, versus what they've done to date versus Cal Allen. You know, it's kind of hard to judge Cal Allen, right? They yep. pick up the win over GP. Our quarterback got hurt, and they picked up a win against a team from Mexico. So it's kind of hard to tell exactly what that team brought to the table. And then, they, and then they steamrolled Flower Bluff. But then at the same time, Flower Bluff's pretty young, and it's like that defense from Cal Allen. They 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 got some senior, you know, some seniors, and and uh, they they've been playing really tough. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Quero uh, in a great matchup here. I I don't think Cal's getting it blown out by no means. I think they're they're too disciplined of a football team to allow that. But I do think Quero's athleticism is going to get the best of uh, Cal Allen at the end of the day. Well, well it's the, the recipe for Cal Allen is ball control, right? Yeah. I mean, just like they do everybody else. You know, the, the they've 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 played with teams that are faster than them, more athletic with them. They've been able to hang because they can make those defensive adjustments and they can keep the ball away from from the playmakers. Exactly. Uh, the biggest the biggest jump I think, or the biggest eye popper that stops starts out with Quero is their quarterback. You know, Mason Natero has been playing lights out. Yes. You know, he's averaging, I think, uh, about 100 and 210 yards passing in a game and uh, 332 on the ground is what the offense is, is averaging, you know, and they've got four main ball carriers that they spread the ball around, including him. Um, so it's it, it's going to be interesting, right? It's that when you put a rock between a movable thing or whatever, how's that saying go or something like that? So so we'll see, man. Uh, I, I think. I'm going to have to go the opposite with you. I think I'm going to have to go with Cal Allen on this one just because I think they're going to play. I think they can play ball control, and I think they can be able to move the ball around through the air when when they need to. You know, Skylar Rubio's turned into a big target um, early, and, uh, you know, they got a tight end. Uh, Jake Wolf, I think his name is Wolf's his last name. Nate, I know you're watching. What What's his first name? Um, who's a solid kid, number 34. Um, he made some pretty good contributions last week, made some nice catches. Uh, nothing major, but enough to keep the ball, the the drive going. I think he had a touchdown as well. I say nothing major. No, I think he um, did think, a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had a touchdown, a little drop off. One of the guys. Had um, so I think uh, Zay Bryant, Quero by a couple of t uh, tutties. Mm, we'll see. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to go with Cal Allen in, in a close one, just like you said. Um, keep in mind, it's on the road, it's in Quero. Hey, look, there he is, the man himself, Epi Hinojosa, Sean Wolf. Yep, that's his name. Thanks, Epi. Uh, I hope you were here earlier. I mean, you had a great game last week. It was good to see you break free in the second half. And I'm not going to lie, that little video I caught you in the end zone, it, it scared me a little bit. You kind of looked at me a little scary. So, And it's also got a lot of – if you guys haven't seen yet, we've got a TikTok, right? We started the TikTok, so Epi, that's uh, probably one of our highest views viewed uh, uh, videos. So go give us a follow, South Texas Football Unlimited, STFU. In LTD, um, what's up? 
It was a solid run. It was a good run. I like the video. Yeah, it was a good run. And and I missed his his his, uh, his first touchdown because I was fiddle farting around doing something. And uh, you know my my you know I will say something. And I told you this today at work. You know my wife noticed something about the Calhoun team. My wife doesn't watch football at all. And uh, my uh, my goddaughter is a cheerleader there at Cal Island, right? So that was my way of of kind of getting to the game without uh without getting the the evil eye or the side eye walking out of the house. I was like, hey, let's go watch Maddie cheer, right? So she was in the stands, and and one of the things she noticed, and and and, and my wife's very a very observant person that she saw the Cal Island kids on the sidelines, and uh, you know they were essentially coaching themselves, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, the coaches were drawing something up on the board and these guys were, were, they know what they need to do. They know how to take care of business. They don't need a coach to tell them what, what they need to do. And my wife was very impressed with that. And uh, if, if you look at a sideline in some of these schools and some of these games, a lot of the games, you're having to see these coaches yelling at these kids, telling them where to go. They're out of position and things like that. Uh, she didn't see a lot of that. I, I, I didn't see cause I was too busy walking around the field, getting videos and stuff, but uh, um, it's impressive, right? It's impressive. And we kind of talked about that today. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna have to go with Cal on this one in a close one, right? Um, anything else you want to jump in there with Guerrero, Cal Allen? Anybody no. else? I, no, I, I think if you, I think if you're a fan of football and you're in the, the general area, you need to go check it out because it's not every day you see two number fours and the four A square off against each other, and you know both of them have a, a tremendous history in, in high school football, especially down here in the coastal Bend and across the state. So, and, and, and both these teams are gonna make. Solid playoff runs this year in two different divisions. So you never know. They could be playing three, four weeks together deep into the playoffs. And, um, I mean, it's just a good game to go check out before district starts hit, uh, ramping up. Yep. And tickets are $5. Five dollars. Best show on right. Friday night you can get to. Yep, five bucks there. And uh, the game will not be streamed. Um, if you guys remember, we talked about it in week one. Um, the Quero guys are not streaming the games because they they uh, they want the fans there at the stadium. Um, if, if it's streamed, it could be by somebody else, uh, but they're just doing radio. That's, that's their plan is their home games are doing radio. The away games are going to stream them. And it, it's a pretty smart idea, right? They want to get their fans in the stands. They want, they want the experience. They want the home field advantage. So, uh, double check on that, but I, I don't think it's going to be streamed. So we're going to have to get your butts out of there. Take the 90 minute drive and, and head to Quero. Yep. Um, let's jump into the surprises of the week. Okay. Right. So this is kind of something new and uh, it is it is definitely something different. Right. So let's start off with and and again, guys, it. uh, The I, I guess I don't know if you want to call it the curse or the the karma is paying off again. Robstown three and oh. Right. Yeah. And uh, three and oh for the first time since 19, eh, Uh And I think we talked about that last week. That yeah, possibility of going three and oh. Yeah. So and I think. Uh, the last time, oh, there you go. Michael E. Quero streamed their last home game against Navarro. Okay, I guess the the guys who were no, talking in the last stream were. Yep, change of heart. All right, guys, so it could be on there. Gobbler Sports Network or something, right? So so look it up. Thanks, Mike. Um, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. So we got a little something we want to show you guys here. And this was back in uh, August, I want to say. Um, when we were out there, we didn't make very many stops. So let's go ahead and share a screen again. And uh, here we go. Right we kind of came on the ideal pretty late. Yeah. Buddy Gage. 
It's not showing any audio to this, Jacob. All right, hang on. For whatever reason. Let's see. All right, maybe I have to go full screen. So let me go full screen. Let me try this again. All right. <laughs> Appreciate it, fellas. Oh, I closed it. Why is it not going sound? Let's see. Can you hear that? Did you hear that? Mm, no, I didn't pop up on my screen. Okay, well, let's see if it comes up. All right, let's see. Hey, well, wait, no, my buddy Anthony in the, uh, in the chat brought us the some of our first caps that we brought out to the uh, people in the audience, right? So True Native Apparel, they do a lot of screen, or uh, they do embroidery, custom embroidery hats, anything like that. You need to give uh, Anthony Carriker a shot at True Native Apparel. Yeah, he definitely does good work, man. Uh, I know we ordered some caps from him from the Odom Booster Club, and uh, he did great work um, at a reasonable price, too. Um, and the quality is there, especially with embroidery. You want quality. Why was this not? Why would that be any sound? Hang on. All kinds of technical difficulties tonight. I know, man. Works with my mic. Now it's this. Jeez. All right, it's just not going to work today. I'm not going to keep doing that. We'll figure it out, right? We'll practice more with that and see what's going on. Yeah, okay. So yeah, hey, real quick before you bounce off of Robstown, you know, the blast progressed, so 50-3, to three, huge win. Uh, total of 400 yards of offense. Derek Silva, the quarterback there, uh, the, the transfer in from McAllen, right? 14-23, 281, and three touchdowns. So I think the people in Robstown have something to get excited about because, honestly, uh, I mean, it's it's not very often that Robstown's putting up these kind of numbers, right? And they're coming out three and zero swing, and so huge matchup matchup tomorrow night against Taft, which I think I'm gonna we'll talk about. But I think I'm gonna try to make it out there. I'd love I'd love to see these two square off. Uh, so, anyways, just something something to be proud of for the uh, Robstown fan base. Four hundred yards total offense. Keep it going, guys. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to here. I will actually show. There's no sound on this, so I can't show this. Yeah, so, so here's a uh, here's Derek. Uh, Silva, the transfer in from from uh, McAllen, who's who's working wonders back there, playing quarterback. He's also going both ways. He plays safety on defense, so uh, he's not getting a whole lot of rest. And he comes from if he came from McAllen Memorial, which is a run based offense, so he is he'll carry the load and he'll dish out a hit. Might need a Robstown hat to go with that red shirt there, Brandon. <laughs> One of those old school white ones with the red bill and the red R. Yeah, I like hats. That would have been a touchdown. The kid had to step up. Man, I'm, I'm pumped for Gage and I'm pumped for the, the the Robstown fan base because you know you don't go. We don't year five and this is probably the most we've ever talked about Robstown the first couple of weeks. I mean, it's awesome. I love seeing it. You know, you like to see teams like this come on and and, and yep. put good performances because you you know we all want to see the kids in this area do do great things. So. Very impressive start for the Robstown team, and everybody's on board with it, man. The Caller Times just did a story on it. They invade, they uh, they interviewed Gage yeah. again, guys. If you guys want to see that, that interview so, with, that we did with Gage, it was it's a very good one. It's it's two questions, right? That's our little thing, right? Two questions with South Texas Football Unlimited because we don't try to take up too much time right. when everybody's busy. And uh, he gave very, it's a very good example or a very good story on on how he had to get buy in from those kids and 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 how hard it was to get it. Um, so we'll post it on our Facebook page here after this, and, and we'll retweet it again because we put it out when we went out there originally, but it's very good. Uh, Vets El Campo, 
I was dead wrong. Dead wrong. I I really thought that Vets was going to was going to steamroll these guys. So did the, um, okay. So let me ask you this: So did the real El Campo finally start to play, or are they finally just starting to catch their groove? Man, I, I don't know. So, um, no, Ruben, Ruben did not play. Ruben did not play. And Crazy. one of the things that that surprised me here, and I'm going to show you here. Um, this will be the tail of the tape right here. This this will tell you how this game went down, right here. If you guys are watching, this is this is the secret right here. This is the secret sauce right right here. Look at that. Vets outgained him. Um, not by rushing, but not not by much, right? But they outgained him 267 to 255, right? So pretty, pretty even. Yeah. But there you go. Right there. This right here. And this right here. There was two pick sixes that were returned for touchdowns. Uh you had a fumble that was recovered. And and you know, it, it actually that was it was not recovered. Um, but that's the big, that's the big difference there. Um, David, I did see that they still had the same quarterback. We looked at previous film and, uh, it was the same quarterback that started weeks one and two, uh, Ruben Owens did not play number nine who had a very good game. But if, if, if you read everything that, that they were talking about this guy, I mean, you would have thought he ran for 200 yards. He only ran for 89 yards. I just um, think I, 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 you know, honestly though, um, the defense for vets has been always strong, right? Yep. But they've always had an offense that's equally strong. So to me this year, I think I, I just think it's the narrative is the, the offense is lacking right now. And that's not dogging the kids or anything like that, but the offense is lagging. They they, you know, if you take away some of the defensive scores and in the game, especially in the game against Alice, you know, it's a tight, tight ball game. So, yep. you know, they've given up the defense has given up 27 and 50 points, but you know, if you watch this offense, it stutters out a lot. And they turn yep. the ball over a lot. I mean, they gave up, what, five or six turnovers to New Braunfels Canyon week one? You can't do that and win the game. You can't give up four yep. turnovers to El Campo and expect to win, no matter how good your defense is. Yep. You're leaving them out there to dry. And, and we've seen it the first couple of weeks with some of these teams that are taking losses. It's just offenses are stalling, leaving their, leaving these defenses out there on the field way too long, and other teams taking advantage of it. So I think, you know, the storyline moving forward definitely should be that, you know, hoping to see something a little more – progressive for that veterans with more offense if they expect to do anything this year yeah come playoff time one of the things that i forgot to mention and, and we talked about this after uh after after the alice game the guerrero kid man that guy has thinned out man he is solid now he's still playing defensive end but that he could be lined up as a linebacker man he looks like Delphine, right? Dalen. dude Dalen. yeah big time big time yeah. uh so so good on you, man. I mean, you're well, looking good. You've been around him since he was a freshman on varsity. He's kind of a little chubby little kid with the blonde curly hair, you know. Yeah, and there he is. He's all he's Jack, dude. So yeah, yeah. So, so so keep an eye on him, man. He's a ball player. Yep. Uh, so that was a big surprise. Uh, the other one, fast and foul furious, three and zero again, right? I think they, they put fifty two on uh on. Was it Monte Alto or was it Progresso? I thought, no, it was Monte Alto because Robstown put 50 on Progresso. They, okay. they put up 50 against uh, Monte Alto. It was 50 to 29, I believe, was the final night game. And uh, these guys were, no. were very proud of, of how they how they performed. So they've got they've got a quarterback who is Mark Gonzalez, and uh, he actually had a very good game. I'm going to share screen again with you guys because, again, we see what happens. You send us stuff, and, and we'll put you out there. So this is Mark Gonzalez, who's the – QB one there. And they've also got 
Jamarcus Brooks, who who can kind of play everywhere. Is their Swiss Army knife? Brooks or Jamarcus Jones? Jamarcus Jones. Sorry, Jamarcus Jones. Yeah, he's like Taysom Mill, man. He had four. Yeah, and and I think that's him right there catching the catching one of his. I think he had like four touchdowns. No, I, got, I got his stuff right here because we had him down. We'll get to him right. He's on one of the outstanding. Players. Yeah, he's he's after this one. Yeah, so yeah, and he's actually up for Mister Texas Football. Yeah, he was uh, this a week. Player this week. He reminds me a lot of the cat from Bremond. Oh, man. And I'm not going to go out there and make up a lie, but it was a couple years back when Bremond was making pretty good runs. He was a quarterback, receiver, running back. He did a lot of stuff. He ended up going to A&M, and then he ended up transferring on over to Arkansas Central or Central Arkansas, somewhere in there. No, Arkansas State, excuse me. But he was all, he was Mr. Like Two-Way Player of the Year at the time. So yeah, so Mark's got pretty nice touch on the ball there, Robbie. We're coming for you, Robbie. Hang on, we'll get there. We'll get there. We got we got our our Central Texas expert waiting in the waiting room right now. Uh, and then here is Jamarcus Jones, and this is this cat is he's as advertised, man. And uh, hang on, let's pull the screen up again. Oh, close it. Hang on. I hate dead air. Sorry, guys. There we go. So let's back up here. I think there's about a minute and a half of highlights here. But again, see how he lines up everywhere. And he's fast. He's got cuts. I think he takes this one here to the house. Yeah. And he's a transfer in this year. Um, I don't know where he transferred from. He doesn't have it on his profile. And, uh, but he's a great athlete. Hey, there he is. Groceries checking in. There he is. So there's Marky again. See, these two are going to work wonders this year. Look at that. They're going to be something. They're going to be something for sure because, you know, the, the, the where the Falfurus is lining up, right? You got that kind of talent on the field. That's going to be stuff. That's going to be hard to beat down there in that classification of all. Oh, yeah. Just putting yeah. on like that. Yeah, there you go, Mark Paul. Rashad Paul. There we go. Okay. That was hey, hey, hey. I think he sh that guy should be doing something else right now instead of watching a. Watching a stream. No, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move forward, though. You know, the next one, Taft losing to Three Rivers. Oh, you know, that's a, uh, that was a surprise. But if, if you talk to those Three Rivers folks, man, I mean, we are TR, right? You guys still use that slogan down there? We are TR. Um, they are. They've been believers. And, uh, man, every now and then they'll get a team that, that pops up to see there's one of his interceptions. So he had, like, four touchdowns. And three interceptions that week. So if you guys have the chance, go out to Dave Campbell's Texas Football and, and go vote for uh, Jamarcus Jones for Player of the Week. Player of the Week. Um, so Taft, I, I didn't get a whole lot of stuff on there from from the Three Rivers games. They have sweet, sweet helmets. I don't know if you've seen their their chrome helmets. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, dudes in here refused to give Miller credit for stopping Owens. Yeah, they, they, he was hurt. He was this. He was that. Right. I mean, they refused to give him credit anywhere, Marcus. You know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miller's playing lights out defense, man. They they are playing very good on defense, and 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 you could use the argument. Okay, well, they haven't really played anybody. You know, they they they're they're beat playing on teams that are lower classification than them. Um, but. I don't know, man. That's that's who they're playing, and 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 they're doing it right. They're doing it. Um, we don't have a whole lot to say about Miller this week because they played in Laredo. They played on a Saturday. They got out. They won. Uh, they're off this week. Uh, next week they 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 face Ray. 
uh, in the Hall of Fame game, right? That's that's what it was called. I was digging for it and digging for it. I couldn't remember what it was called. Reached out to Justin and Justin, yeah, it's the Hall of Fame game. So so they've got that game coming up next week. And and I was going to talk actually. That's that's actually next, so we can jump into that, right? So Ray is three and zero, number five scoring defense and five AD one, averaging seven points a game, right? So so they're playing pretty well, but they're going to get that tested against that Miller squad, who's very very athletic and very very fast. Yeah. Uh, you mean, I mean, I think, you know, obviously Miller, I said it earlier in the show, I think they're our hottest team, if not the best team in the Coastal Bend right now. So, yeah, you're going to see – we'll see how legit that Ray defense is. I mean, hey, you know, give props to Ray. It's not every it's not every day that you get that kind of ranking for your defense. It's very early in the season. But, you know, they're, they're playing they're playing inspired ball right now. They're stopping people on defense, and they got a huge test in front of them against, against Miller. Marcus Lavelle coming out with some massive accusations. That's kind of fair. That's kind of – that's the kind of heat we like, right, Marcus? But I'm not going to disagree with you on on the on that on the lopsidedness, but uh, I do want to see you know Ray Ray put up some kind of a fight, and we'll see how legit that defense is, though. Yeah, it, it's nice to see Ray three and zero since the Breckenridge days, right? I got it, Dude, it's I got it, Brad Breckenridge, Brad Breckenridge, and uh, and uh, man, those silver uniforms they have are sweet, sweet. Uh, Felipe Esparza Ray has been wrestling for three years. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Let's see if they break that streak this year. Uh, Taft and Three Rivers. What do you What do you know about Taft? You know Taft fell apart again. Uh, second half. You know they did it against Mathis last week, or the week before, and uh, this week it kind of slipped away from them again. Yeah, I mean the, the thing with Taft was is they should be. I think they should be a three and team right now, and instead they're going into this 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 game uh, one and two. This week uh, or tomorrow night, actually, with Robstown. And, uh, you know, they have some good players over there. JJ Acosta, he put up, I think he had 14 rushes, 135 yards rushing. He was 30 of 45, 360 yards in the air, and two touchdowns. So it, it, they have the skill. It's just they're not finishing in the second half. So, you know, for me tomorrow, I'm going to be looking for Taft to try to, you know, come out like they've been coming out. And then I would like to see them in the third and fourth quarter continue to work on what they built on the first half, you know. And then obviously, I flip side of the ball, I want to see. Well, Robstown brings. I think you're going to be looking at a high-scoring game tomorrow night, so that'll be a fun one. Uh, and it's going to be televised. It'll be on the CW, and I'm pretty sure Taft will stream it as well. And then, really, what the last one kind of I think we had jotted down the notes was just that this is this is more for the 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 five A D two crew down here, the GP and Flower Bluff fans. You know, uh, they play Brownsville Porter three zero, starting off three zero down there in the valley. Yeah, uh, which is a huge surprise. They play GP in three weeks down in Brownsville. So that's going to be probably one of the coastal bend threats, right, for the uh, top spot in this this district. So just something that the, the the fans of GP and Flower Bluff should pencil in, you know, because you don't want to, we don't want to overlook these valley schools. You know, some of them pop yep. up on you every now and then. There's some really there's some really tough ones down there right now up in the six A level. So and some of the five A D one. So you know, it, that's just something to look forward to. They're averaging thirty two points a game and only allowing sixteen. So that's kind of fitting the role of what we got up here as well. So it just could be one to to mark on the calendar. You know, there was an interesting, uh, I don't know who put it out. It was last year, the year before, an interesting little uh, little quick documentary. I think maybe it was Texas, well, I don't know who did it, but about just the trials and the things that the Porter kids have to go through. A lot of those kids cross the border to come to school here yeah. um, and uh, don't have stuff to practice in and things like that. So it, it's a very interesting story. I'm going to see if I can find it and I'll retweet it and, and wow. post it on Facebook later. Wow. But it's an interesting watch. Last time I saw Brownsville Porter in the playoffs was 2004. Uh, the year GP was ranked number one. I think they blasted them like seventy. Or no, they blasted them. Not only it was seventy. That was that was Vets Memorial down there. 
They beat them pretty handily anyways. They had a quarterback that ended up going to AM Kingsville when AM Kingsville was slinging the ball around. I don't, I don't remember his name. I think we touched on him a couple of years ago on a show when Brownsville Court was having a pretty decent year. So they've, they've had some success in the past and making some runs. So they're, they're someone to watch out for here and there. And let's since, since we're down there, let's talk about the Valley some more. So Lyford. Lyford is in District 16, 3A, D1, along with our other team, San Diego, Falfurious. Um, who else is in that district? Um, San Diego, Falfurious. Who is that? London, right? No, London's big. London's up north. Nah, this, is, uh, this is uh, London's small 4A, 3A, big 3A. Wait a minute. Uh, I don't know. I'm all it's lost. A lot. Anyways, it's a lot. It's a lot, dude. All these changes with realignment. So, so in three games, Lyford is averaging about 1,700, or they've got 1,700 yards plus of offense in three games. Uh, we're averaging about 567 yards a game. Uh, two twins on that team. Uh, quarterback Osmar Martinez, who's got about 450 rushing yards and 200 passing yards, and uh, the running back slash wide receiver Oscar Martinez, who's got about 380 and 200 yards receiving. Um, they run a high tempo spread offense, and they were actually a couple guys that sent us some um, highlights from last week. Not a whole lot. We've got a couple, um, but uh, here's Osmar right here. Let's open this up. And and it's not it's a it, it's a it's a quick thing. So they won the Willacy County Cotton Bowl last week against uh, Raymondville, fourteen zero. Shut them out. The defense is playing lights out right now. Um, but he's an elusive big kid. Yeah, he's got some good size on him. Yep, pretty quick too to the outside. Yep, and there was that one. You can't. You got to love a hurdle. And here's. Alex Rosales, I think I broke that one. This was kind of to seal the win uh, last week against Raymondville. Just kind of a ball control first down to keep it going. Hey, there's Jamarcus Jones. Look at that. Hey, Fallon building. All right, brother. You just missed it, man. Just missed it. Yeah. So tripped over himself there. Otherwise, would have scored. Really would have put the game out of the way. Hey, Lavelle, you've been doing some math over there. 168 to zero last three years versus Ray. That's a oh, crazy wow. stat. I didn't even know that. Hey, there's Marky Gonzalez. Mark, I hope you got to see your little spotlight there, Mark. We love it. We love the interaction, guys, and we love to highlight you guys. That's just, that's the whole point of being here, right? Just to show you guys. Yep, 3 0, 3 0. Saw a couple of town folks in here as well. So that was pretty cool. And I, um, I had taken some before we move on, right, to the middle segment of the show. I'd kind of seen some noteworthy games here, and I don't know if you took them down, but I'm going to rip them off real quick. Uh, okay. Beville, 47-14 over, over Bishop, and that bumped them up to be a number, ranked number nine in state in D2, right? Yeah, so for Bishop, you know, Bishop was kind of going somewhere for a bit. Um, what are they, What do you make of them now? I don't know. I don't know, to, I don't know what to believe of Bishop right now. I need to look more into them, to be honest with you. It's just uh, they've kind of kind – of, I think they come kind of came up against some good competition right now. You know, Beville's playing yeah. some pretty good ball. You know, they got a great coach over there, Coach Sosa, so he's got those guys moving the ball, and um, hey – you know, it might be, might be making Bishop tougher as they move into district play soon. Yeah, and then they are another move up for AD2, right, coming we, up from 381. Then we got Referio 40 over Edna 22, which was a huge win for the Bobcats. Continue that was a big win. So, so muscle a little bit. So I'm going to I'm gonna pull this up real quick. We've got the Perez report, right? We've got our – we've got our uh, – our, uh, let me see. Let me find it here. We've got our, our Referio connect here. So, so when we said it week one, right uh, – they kind of went to a power eye, right, to try to ball control and 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 do these things. Um, 
and they lost, right? But they lost to a, a, a very good squad, a very good 3A squad, yeah. right? Who's in a district with the potential hipster pick state champion in, in Columbus, right? So it's a tough district, right? So they went back to spreading it out a little bit more. Uh, Edna, big team, fast team, but the defense for Rafir was flying around to the ball. Uh, Kellen Brown was able to spread the ball around pretty well in play action and in the pocket. Yeah, the gunslinger, if you guys follow, okay. it's a good follow on Twitter. Uh, first half was pretty close, but the second half, it was just uh, a matter of Heron doing his thing, right? Um, made his adjustments to the half and put the boys in the best position to win. So, uh, man, after kind of scratching your head a little bit on Refurio, how they performed week one, I think they're kind of right back in stride. Yeah, sorry. Right? Peak performance coming on strong for the district run. Yep, so Edna. It's a good district. Ed, oh, so Jamarcus comes from Mississippi. Wow, that's a ways to come, man. Wow. Wow, welcome. Uh, so another one, uh, actually, that's our guy is here. So let's jump into that right now. So this is kind of our game of the week for this week, right? Well, there's a couple, Cal Allen Cuero and this one. I, I may be going to. I, I have to work Saturday, so we'll see if I'm going to make the road trip. But uh, another battle of unbeatens, Beaville and Somerset. And for that, we're bringing in the Somerset expert. This is Robbie Chavez from Robbie CTV. So if you guys, hard. we've mentioned him a lot on the show. If you're not following South Central Texas football on Twitter, on TikTok, give him a follow. The guy's very plugged in on what's going on down there. Robbie, how's it going? It's going good, man. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad, man. Sorry to keep you waiting, man. It just took longer than we thought. Spud's trying to get his stuff working. And, dude, man, it was a big mess, dude. Yeah. yeah, no, it's cool, man. So, Rob, Rob's a, like I said, Rob's a Somerset expert. He's plugged into what's going on down there. What can you tell us about Somerset? Well, I'm sure since you follow me, you've heard some of the rumors and seen it. I mean, Somerset has a gigantic offensive line. I mean, they are they are they are literally anchored. It's really unusual to see someone like Somerset or somebody in the area with a line of of you know just that size. Of course, you know you got guys like uh, Philip Gallegos. Uh, Gallegos is about uh, six eight. We call him the gigantic Hispanic because he is. <laughs> <laughs> he he's huge, man. He anchors that line. And of course, you got guys like uh Aiden Guetta on the line who's six three, Cantu six one, Jaramillo is six three, and there's of course Philip Gallegos right there. Vasquez is five nine. So that line is a huge line. And as you can see, like I said, Gallegos right there, he's like a he's a tank, man. And these guys, um, they move people, you know, whenever I've watched film on them, if you watch them, the example I make whenever I'm explaining, because you know, they're really something in the area. You know, usually you get skill position players that get a lot of, you know, notoriety, but but Somerset's line is so big, you get asked by people, hey, how Somerset's line, other players, coaches, you know, people. And I'll say, like I said, the example that I make is it's like a, being at a bowling alley. You watch um, Somerset's linemen dig in, and when they dig in and search forward, the example I can make is it looks like when a bowling ball hits the pins, you know, you could have a good line and you drive in on them, but they drive low and they pop you up. They pop every defense I've seen. They popped up and they search for. And of course, you know, uh, you know, they get yards, you know, easily. So Beville is a team we were kind of sketch about, right? Because because we weren't we everything we heard about sitting week one, you know, they were losing a lot. Kids weren't playing this year. A lot of kids focused on baseball graduation. You lose the Galvan twins and a lot of other senior guys to to graduation. So it was a rebuild mode, right? And, uh, you know, they Beville skirts out with 28 or 48 yards of offense in a win over Sitton, right? And, uh, man, they've they've come on since then. 500 yards the next week, I think, offense, almost that, and, and 
350, 400 this last week. I did, I did some side notes on this as well. You know, Beaville's offense, they're averaging 36 points per game. Defense is allowing 12 points per game. On the flip side, Somerset's averaging 33 points per game. Defense is allowing 12 points per game. So these two are matching up very well. Now, I haven't seen Beaville really uh, in person. I've only seen a little bit of clips and stuff, you know, out there. But that could be the difference maker if that offensive line from Somerset is the real deal, like you say, Robbie. I mean, that could be that could be everything. Right a long here. day for that Beaville defensive front. Well, I think what's I think what's interesting too, though, is like when you look at scores. For instance, uh, Somerset scored on about six offensive possessions on Highlands and cut it early. You know, so they could have scored more as well. And then in this last game against Floresville, it was thirty-five-seven, and Somerset pulled out their starters with about nine minutes left in the game, where it could have been more points as well. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, you know. They've scored six possessions on Highlands, five possessions on um, Floresville, but they scored on two possessions against Southside. And Southside, to me, is a really good team as well, and I thought that was a good test for both squads. And I will say this, you know, they got guys like, if you look at the running backs for Somerset, Somerset has like a three-headed monster. They use guys like Julian Avila, um, Jacob Alcorta, um, Josiah Lugo this week. For Somerset scored four touchdowns and threw a two-point conversion. And, you know, so they use a BB of backs. They got guys like a Jaden Foz who runs like a 4440, uh, number seven. He's fast. They got Ty Denton on the outside. So they have a lot of weapons. They run a variation of that West Coast offense. And they will, you know, they will move you down the field. They got a new quarterback, Kobe Isbell. He's getting into the system. And I think he's actually getting better by the week. Of course, Somerset beat Beville last year. So maybe Bebo's looking for a little bit of revenge, but, you know, people thought that about Southside too. And Somerset was able to put down their rival two, two years in a row. So, you know. I'm, I'm getting kind of high on Somerset the more Robbie talks, to be honest with you. I know, man. I know, man. You should sell cars, Robbie. You got me sold. Well, but, you know, oh, go ahead, Rob. Well, you know what I will say is, you know, from looking at, you know, Somerset and Southside, to me, they look like they're on pace to have some historic, seasons i think that these two teams i don't really expect Southside to lose much the rest of the way and somerset of course they got bevo that is a good that bevo's a quality team you know that's somebody that somerset wants to beat but somerset is still looking for a marquee win you know win against somebody like bernie you know to see you know where they fit in but i do think these teams especially somerset has a chance to get in the playoffs and they got a chance to make a deep run when you got an offensive line that big it allows you to control possession even if you were to have an offense that was explosive if you can control time o'clock you're going to be dangerous and not to mention somerset's got a quality defense too romeo faz is back there he's got about four interceptions in three games you know you got solis on the line you got several quality players so this team is well coached and i will say this too you know, we we look at teams about how they're built attitude-wise, right? Um, uh, you know, their conditioning, right? Somerset, just like kind of like a Southside team, they are built with strong conditioning and technique. So even if you hang with them early, it's like two boxers. As the fight goes on, the one with the best conditioning and technique begins to wear the other one out. And Somerset is very capable with that offensive line of wearing you down throughout the game. Well, you got me sold. I think you sold. I'm going to the game. I, I got to work Saturday morning, but I'm going to go. I got to see these guys because that's probably the only time I'm going to see them this season until the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, right, in Somerset's district, um, they are 4A D1. So this Beville team could see them again in the playoffs, with, depending which way it goes. If they They're win. They're looking for a marquee win. This is, the, this is where you start, right? They're a number, yep. number nine ring Beville, 3 0. 14 4A D1. Fredericksburg, Somerset, and Uvalde is in this district. 
right? So Uvalde surprising three and zero as well, right? They've got you. Everybody knows what's going on with that team. Um, Fredericksburg was the re- in the region finals last year. They beat Cal Allen, didn't they? Am I wrong? Or it was a Pleasanton that beat Cal Allen? No, that's fair. No, it's- Fredericksburg. Yeah. So I mean, that's a tough, tough district, man. And uh, Cal Allen could run into these guys, right? Some are, these- well, if you look at last year too, Somerset went toe to toe with Fredericksburg. Somerset had yeah. Fredericksburg on the ropes and kind of lost it late. So this is a team, you know, they did lose receivers like Jackson Gutierrez. They lost guys like Todd Jones and they lost Cole Demmer at quarterback. But Kobe Isbell stepped in, you know, and like I said, a young Jaden Foz who got the most touches he's ever gotten in the game last week. You know, these guys, Julian Avila was one of the running backs and Foz were on the sprint relay team for Somerset that clicked like a 41-5 and tied for the state championship in the sprint relay. So when you're moving, not only do you have an offensive line like that, but when you got skill position players that are that quick, this is an abnormal type of Somerset team. They got a combination that you just haven't seen in a while. And, you know, they've made a couple of runs before where they've went three rounds deep. And to me, this looks like pretty much their best team ever. So with that information, you know, that's what we're looking at. But like, as I say, it's a long season. So, you know, they're through three three weeks. Beville's going to be a test. We've seen Beville's beat Sinton. So, we'll, you know, we'll see how the game goes uh, this upcoming Friday. Well, I'm sold. I'm taking I'm taking Somerset. Right. You saw me, Robbie. <laughs> I had beef on a close one. I'm gonna flip the script. I'm gonna take Somerset. I think so, man. I I, I was gonna go with Beville too, but I think you've convinced me, man. So uh, you've obviously done your homework on them. Beville's kind of on the fringes of where we're covering, so everything we're getting from them is just kind of reading. Um, you win this game, I'll be I'll be pretty impressed. I think. Yeah. Based yeah. on, I'm, I'm giving a lot of credit to Robbie here, but we know Robbie, and he's he's never lied to us like on this type of knowledge, so. I will tell you what, I will tell you what, I was at the Floresville-Somerset game, and uh, Somerset came out a little sleepwalking in that game. You know, they, they came off that rivalry game with Southside in the Battle 16-4, and they came out a little quiet. When they got going, they went on practically a 35-0 run. But, of course, I would expect this week that they come out more aggressive because it, that was kind of a wake-up call. They were down at the half to Floresville 7-6 before they outscored them the rest of the way. And like I said, though, you know, uh, Somerset was capable of hanging 42 or 49 points in that second half. So they do have a gear, but they obviously got to be focused. And I think, you know, some of these games have prepared them like last week for the upcoming road game against Beville. And it's going to be tough. That that stadium's going to be full. I mean, that's why they call it home field advantage, right? Veterans State, Veterans Field, Veterans Stadium, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, it's going to be packed, man. Um, so it's going to be a great environment. I, I think just everything off you're telling me and, and just thinking about the environment, I think I will head out there Friday night. Hey, and uh, Beville's a tough Beville's a tough out, man. Beville's a tough road game. People have known when Beville's got good teams, it is not easy to go down to Beville and win. Yeah, no. yeah, and, and Sosa's got all kinds of tricks up his sleeve, so we'll see what happens, right? We'll see what happens. Robbie, since we have you on, let's go ahead and talk about our next one, and that's going to be uh, GP Bernie, right? So let's – let's uh before we go any further, let's back up a little bit. You know, if – Spud, fill everybody in in case they haven't noticed on what's happening with the GP quarterback situation. Oh, man. So, I mean, I think it's the whole Coastal been new, right? We uh, GP lost their their returning senior in uh, Brandon Redden, right? Horrible leg injury uh, week one against Cal Allen. But which which then uh, I think everyone went kind of panic mode, right? Because then you, you, they brought, bring in Colton Harrison. He's, he's really one of our best receivers kind of tight ends on, on our roster, right? So now we were down two guys in that Cal Allen game. But the, what they don't realize was the fact that Reed had played his – JV game the night before. 
So then he stepped on the field these last two weeks. And then, you know, the first week I was super impressed with him, what he did against Carroll. But then last week against some, uh, I would say, more athletic team, a more athletic team in Victoria East, he came out and he was 17 to 20, 293, six touchdowns in the air. And if you combine the stats over the last two weeks, he's plus 400 yards in the air. I believe he's around nine touchdowns thrown. And he's like 30 of 36. He's making a lot of good decisions. He's a sophomore. He's, he's, he's over six foot. He's got good size on him. He's, he's not, he's not a, a typical, you know, scrawny sophomore. He's not a, gi- a gigantic kid either, but he's got very good size. He's got a lot of poise in the pocket. And he's making, to me, the, the thing that stands out to me is not only is the arm talent there, if you watch his highlights, places the ball in front of his receivers, but he also is just making really good decisions with the ball, right? Sometimes young quarterbacks come in and they start forcing stuff when they – when it starts breaking down around them, and I haven't seen him do that once. So, you know, this is a good test for him against Bernie this week, but here's a little bit of his highlights, and uh, Reed's doing an outstanding job at GP. He's one of our outstanding players of the week this week. And you were at this game, Justin, so, I mean, kind of tell us what was happening here. I mean, just break it down for a little bit just as a recap of what was what was going on. Right here, the, you know, this was a huge play right here to Colton Harrison. Colton Harrison did a lot of a lot of the work with his legs there. Of course, he's a tremendous athlete, but we were going back and forth, back and forth with this Victoria East team. They had an outstanding quarterback. So these these possessions weren't, hey, we're up 28-0. We have some cushion to get, get dicey here. We were taking shots. I mean, so that play right there I think was like third and eight. Took a shot down the field, made it made a heck of a heck of a throw. Receiver Dubose capitalized on it. This one, I believe, goes to Hartley. It was another big third down play as well for us, if I'm if I'm correct. Ended up being a nice touchdown. He threw right in front of the defender. Hartley made a great play on that ball. But it's this next throw right here that really stuck out to me. This was kind of the ice, you know, kind of the icer for the game, right? This has got us up two scores late in the game, but puts a nice pass where only the defender can make a make a play on it in the back of the end zone. Of course, you say the receiver makes that play, but you have to make that throw. You have to throw that. That defensive back's got that ball going the other way. And then right there, another, you know, super sophomore in our tight end, Sean Williams, he's going to be a bright spot as well. So we lost Hartley on a, on a broken – broke his leg, you know, kind of a fluke injury the, the other night. So we lost a receiver, but we got some kids coming up. And, you know, unfortunate for Nick. But Reed's doing an outstanding job and uh, very proud of him and what he's done so far for GP. So so GP gets – they have Bernie this week. Bernie – little Bernie, like you like to call him, Robbie – uh, what can you tell us about this number four ranked burning squad? Um, this squad, of course, uh, like talking about Somerset, uh, Bernie's got a huge offensive line. They got guys like uh, Jacob McLaughlin, uh, Sam Waters. They got at least four or five guys that have interest from Division One schools, so they have a big line. With that said, though, they are young at certain positions. You know, starting quarterback Jackson Bays, he's just a sophomore, you know, so this is his first year running the quarterback position. And then you got uh, Braden Bays at running back who runs very well. Number seven, uh, they can strike you. Bernie, of course, like we talk about, they're one of the better programs. They don't rebuild. They reload, obviously. They're one of those. So they have a good squad. I mean, I was there at the Flower Bluff game. Um, I thought, depending on what your point of view is, I thought Bernie was kind of in between levels. They would move the notch up, the gear and then they kind of relax, and Bluff would kind of come back. And I did see some holes in Bernie's secondary that, you know, Flower Bluff has a young quarterback themselves, you know, making his first start on the road, just a sophomore. Uh, I felt that he missed some throws that could have possibly put them over the edge. Um, so, you know, in high school football, you don't like to judge football scores game to game uh, because, you know, you can get in trouble when you're going down the rabbit hole there. So we've seen that obviously they beat Bluff 35-32. to 32. And um, 
Then Bluff lost 40-7 to to Cal Allen, and then Gregor Portland was obviously with a backup quarterback more competitive against Cal Allen. So take from it what you want from there. I do think Bernie has a solid squad, but they could be inconsistent by the week just because of the fact that they're young. But the fact that they have the offensive line of that size means that they're going to be in most games even if they were to make mistakes with the young guys. It's a solid take on Bernie. I mean – Everything that you said, though, is, is pretty spot on with what I was thinking in this game as well. I think it's a good measuring stick for for uh, Reed, really, to see where he's progressing as a quarterback, right? Because, like you said, Bernie's a good squad. they got good athletes everywhere. Uh, it's a good test for the defensive line. We have, you know, Khalid Goldsby is a pretty good defensive end. He's, he's, he's usually been a game changer in some of the aspects of our game. So uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, this game last year, GP was actually up. I think we were up 21-7 or 21-0 at one point. Ended up blowing it in the second half. And then if you look back on it, this was kind of the defining moment where that team kind of kicked in the extra gear and is like, hey, we we can do this. And they they went on, they ripped off a run, you know, which ended all the way up into the, the late run, late stages of the playoffs. But this was really the the defining moment last year for GP when they played Bernie this time last year. I think it was our second game of the year, though, then on, you know, just what, what they can be and what they can do. And I think they grew up after blowing that, that first half lead. I think it honestly kind of shocked them that they were up in that first half, to be honest with you. And then they're kind of like just kind of stalled out, you know. So I, I do think this is going to be a great matchup. Of course, I'm going to be in East Texas watching Gilmer and Lindell, of course. Uh, this, this, yeah, I know. This is going to be in my own backyard. So it kind, of, it kind of stings leaving the area for when I got a good matchup like this in the backyard. But I will be keeping close tabs on it as the night progresses. So Bernie, Bernie is also in this 14-4 AD1 district. So that is a tough, tough district, man. Tough district. Tough district. Yep. So we'll be seeing him again. One of these teams, maybe even both in the playoffs of some of our local teams. Uh, Rob, we just got a couple things to go over. You can stick around or, or you can go, man. You look like you're in the back of a equipment room or something. All right. I'll, <laughs> I'm going to cut out, guys, but I'll see you all. Um, I'm sure I'll be on the show again, and I'm sure I'll run into you all soon. And let me know if you go to that Bevo Somerset game, Jake. We'll do because uh, our you know our boy Strunk's down there. If you guys, uh, we love Coach Strunk, man. Uh, he he was out out at uh, Port Isabel for a while, uh, South Texas football coach, and then moved up to Mansfield, Mansfield, PA, I think, right? Man, man, Mansfield's High or something. I don't remember. He was an athletic director up there, and then uh, need to come back to Texas. I mean, who doesn't want to come back, right? And uh, ended up landing the Somerset job uh, as the AD there, not the head coach. The head coach, the head football coach, is still uh, Coy Detmer. Uh, they have a separate AD up there that is just the administrator, and, and that's what Strunk is. So it'd be good to get out and see him. He said he's making the road trip down there. So one more incentive to go. Rob, are you are you going? Um, I'm not sure yet. And if I don't go, I might send a cameraman. So I'll let you know. Wow. Okay. Look at you, Again, Rob. I know. Look at him, man. Samsung Galaxy A is a cameraman. Look at this guy. I know. <laughs> Rob, you you want to give a, another your your shout out again where the, where the people can find you? Yeah, you can find me on South Central Texas Football on TikTok. You just put it in there, Robbie CTV on TikTok. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, Twitter's a little bit different. It's Revenge of the Fourth. But I will tell you all, today we did set a record. We actually won a Somerset's lineman, the 6'3", hot meal. He got the Battle of 1604 trophy thrown to him, and he almost dropped it. So he made this crazy face we put it on instagram that thing went for over a million views and is at like 300k likes so that's a record for instagram for us so if y'all want to check it out it's on there oh is it, that's not the other video you sent was it 
Um, no, it's not, but it's okay. But if you go check it out. It's on South Central Texas Football, but it's kind of difficult to hit a million views on Instagram, man. Instagram's a yeah, tough out. A so, yeah. So to do it on Instagram is big. So uh y'all check that out. It was good being with y'all tonight. Like I said, I'll, I'm sure I'll see y'all down the road, like always. Y'all be for safe sure. and thanks for having me on the show. All right, thanks, Rob. Thanks for coming on, man. We Please appreciate it. This guy, dude. <laughs> I know, dude. He's everywhere, man. Wow. All right. So, so just to wrap up real quick, a couple of couple of games of interest that are that are going on. We talked sitting, Edna. You know, I'm I'm interested to see how how sitting stacks up, right? Because just like we said about Cal Allen, we, we we really haven't got a good uh a good take on sitting yet, right? I, I took sitting in my um, pick this week because I just think they're going to – I think they're going to slightly edge out uh, Edna's offense, to be honest with you. I, mean, I think that defense from Sinton will do just enough to to uh, slow up Edna and, and take this one. Um, they match up extremely well, though. The, the, to me, though, the defense of Edna has given up a little bit more points than Sinton is right now. But, of course, their offense is putting up a little bit more than Sinton is. So, I think this is a big matchup, you know, 2-1, two 2-1. and one, two and one. Uh, Definitely another one if, you, if you're in that area to go make this game because Sinton's going to need all the fans they can out there because Edna has a really good following with their group of guys. So yep. I think it's going to be a tight one, but I'm going to take Sinton's defense slightly edging on Edna in this one. I think I'm going to take Edna, man. Um, like I said, I'm not really sold on Sitton yet. This is the game to for me to see if 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 what Sitton really is. And the other side note is is Jimmy Mitchell, right? Isn't he originally? Didn't he come from Sitton? He played at. Sitton. He was a Sitton. He was a Sitton coach. I don't know if he was a head coach, coach or not, but but the hometown heavy hitter Carson Cave there he is. Uh, was uh, is a big fan, right? Uh, the only reason he's not going to that one is because he's going to be in Houston. Uh, so you guys are going to miss the Carson cave sighting and you guys go in there to, to sit and he's like a Sasquatch man. Very elusive out there. Very elusive. Uh, another fun one, orange Grove, Rockport Fulton, you know, that should be a one Rockport one and two. I think it should be good with two, two good quarterbacks going, going at it. Right. Uh, you got Mark Lopez over there and a cyber. Yeah. You know, uh, orange Grove offense is averaging 26 points a game. Defense is allowing 20 points per game on the flip side, Rockport. Averaging 25 points per game, defense allowing 36 points per game. So there's the glaring negative, right, the defense, which I think, you know, I think we know Jay, he's going to work on those guys. They come off a huge win and his his opinion for that locker room. So I'm, I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep rolling with Rockport in this one. I'm going to take them. And uh, I, I just think it's based off them playing a tougher schedule right now than Orange Grove. And uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to be rolling with the, the Pirates in this one again. Yep. So And then we've got Flower Bluff and Alice. This is a big uh, that should be a good one as well, right? Uh, I guess Cutter had a very good game last week against Victoria West. Uh, I think ran for a couple, ran for a couple touchdowns, yes. right? Or one. He had one or two, but he, the key word there is ran, yeah. right? The big question was on his knee, right? Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Um, is he going to be okay? Um, he's running on it. I don't know how far those runs exactly were, um, but that's what I highlighted in this one, right? I took Alice in this one. Um, I don't think the Bluffs offense is going to be capable of moving the ball really against Alice's defense right now. Not saying they're not going to put points. I just don't think that they're going to have enough to overcome what the – I think I'm pretty high on the Alice defense, to be honest with you. Um, it could, could be buying be be into blood sports medicine, but I'm high on I'm high on Alice's defense. I saw them for about a half of a half of the game against Vets. I, I think they're a good – I think they're sound, they're sound. But my big highlight was Alice's offense depends on Cutter's health. Yep. If he's healthy – this is a good Alice team. If he comes out and he looks like he did against vets, it's worrisome, right? Because he can't yep. make the throws that he's used to making. So I, t- I took uh, Alice in this one. I think the defense is doing doing enough that's going to keep Flyer Bluff off the scoreboard just enough to beat him. So uh, I think it's going to be a defensive game because Bluff's defense is – they're ready to play. They can play. They held Cal Allen at first half until Cal Allen did their Cal Allen thing. Um, so I think uh, – 
I think it's going to be a defensive game. I think it's going to be close, but I think I'll give the edge to Flower Bluff. I think they've got a lot of they've got just as many athletes. I'm telling you that Dixon kid uh, is very I'm good. I like Dixon. Yeah. So so we'll see what happens. And then lastly, uh, TM at West Oso. TM's got a very stingy defense right now, and West Oso's got an offense that's uh, playing as hot as fish grease right now. Yeah, right. So, so so when I match this one up, right, two and one TM, one and two West Oso. West Oso, 49 points per game, allowing on the defensive side, 39. Defense side lacking. Offense on TM, though, 14 points per game, not very, not very, not very impressive. Defense allowing only six points per game, though. So here's my pick on it. I took TM. I think their defense is going to hold West Oso back, right? I think they're going to have them in check enough to keep the Bears, uh, Bears at bay. Um, I, and I think they have a little bit more offensive production. I think this is going to be probably TM's biggest offensive production to date this year. So I, I'm going to take the Warriors over over West O. So I think they played a little bit tougher of opponents. Uh, they got two quality wins over Moody and King. You know, Moody and King. It's, it's still yeah, big boy ball right up in that, yeah. that level. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to roll with the Warriors this week. Yeah, I I think I'm I think I'm with you as well. Yeah, you're right, Anthony. Um, Elijah Huff is very tough. He won the uh, the three A uh, Texas Football Player of the Week. Yeah, I had I put Elijah Huff down without saying players of the week. We didn't get no highlights off him, but 301 yards and four touchdowns. So Elijah Huff's been making some noise. Do not let that go unnoticed. I do think yep. he's going to better than the 300 he had the week before. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's putting up a very good season this early. But, uh, guys, I think that's it. We've, we're going for about an hour, hour and about an hour and a quarter. Hang on. I, have, I had notables around the bin, and we don't got to really go into depth on these, but these are just some area games that people – Okay. If it's your fan base and you want to check it out, right, uh, we touched on GP versus Bernie. I didn't think we were going to get into that, but we did. Uh, that turned out to be a good one. Uh, Robstown Taft tomorrow night. Go check it out. 3-0 yep. Robstown versus 1-2 Taft. A Taft team that should be 3-0, mind you, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Referio versus Bishop. See what Bishop can bring against this table of and We'll see what kind of offense Referio rolls out this week. Is it going to be a wing team? I think I saw a prediction of fifty-six to zero Referio on the on the chat feed. Sounds about right. Uh yeah. versus Aransas Pass. Can Aransas Pass build off that that one win or is Falfarius gonna keep rolling? I'm gonna I'm probably gonna roll with the jerseys on that one. Looks, I, I think so uh, too. Four no. For sure. Odom versus San Diego. Oh man, that's gonna be a tough one. You know, uh like I said before, and, and we've said it there was a good chance that Odom could be 0 4 headed in the district or, or three and one or two and two. RJ Valera, uh, our boy out there, is killing it right now. Yeah, man. I think he had about 600 yards total offense last week. Exactly. Right? About 200 on the ground, 300 something in the air. So, yeah, I mean, he's doing just what he's what he's what he was supposed to do, right? They're not missing a big beat by losing Hector over to Alice. So they're still plugging along. And then we touched on Banchetti and Three Rivers. So we won't get into that one. And the last one I had for around the bend was George West versus Mathis. So this is two and one Mathis and George West is what one and two right now. One and two went over Skidmore Tynan right now and a, a, yes. a lost uh, London and OG. Yes. Okay. So I, I'm gonna go with Trey and the and the Pirates, dude. I think I'm gonna take cardiac Pirates. kids, huh? That's what they're being called right now, the cardiac yeah, kids. They 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 they're overcoming some good adversity in these games. So. Yeah, I mean, good if, games this week though, for real. If you if you have a chance to make it out, yeah, people ought to get involved, right? It's the cheapest ticket in town for the best fun on town on Friday night or Thursday night. So go check it out. Yep. Let us know how the concession stand is because we lost our our concession stand guy. Man, he could have been huge. Could have been huge. Uh, I mean, I mean, he is huge, but he could have been even bigger. Guys, again, thanks for watching. We appreciate it. And uh, you know, check in during the week, man. Hit us up with a message. Send us your highlights. Send us your highlights. We we got something special going on in the works right now. Uh, we would have debuted it this week. Just it just we ran out of time this week, but we've got something special coming up. Send in your highlights. Uh, linemen, we also sent this challenge out during the week as well. 
who wants to make a video, right? We got a little challenge thing that we want to set with these linemen videos, right? So, so reach out to us, guys, coaches, linemen, get your linemen group together. If you guys want to do something with us, let's do it. It's going to be something quick, nothing crazy, not a whole lot of production. Improv. Improv. Probably take about 10 minutes, honestly. But we'll head out there. We'll do something fun, man. Coach, you're like 20 minutes late. We spent a whole segment on Foul Furious. You need I know, man. Come on, dude. Come on. All right, guys. Again, thanks for for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you next week. There may be an emergency pod this weekend. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, But we could pop up in, uh, in the middle of the night sometime. We'll see what happens. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Such an effort.